0: Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go, wherever you are, wherever you are traveling. grateful to have you tune in. This is Celebration Sunday. This is uh, Confirmation Sunday for us in the life of the church. Uh, It wraps up our program year, and uh, for the first time in, well, three years, we have made it through a program year uninterrupted by pandemic and COVID. It doesn't mean we haven't been inconvenienced, but we have certainly uh, made it through uninterrupted, and we're so grateful uh, that you've participated in uh, this season of the life of the church, and we begin to transition to summer worship, and I I normally don't make announcements on the podcast, but I do want to make uh, one here. We are transitioning this summer, and I'll explain why, from uh, 8 and 10 o'clock service, which we don't really need during the summertime, uh, to a 9 o'clock summer service that if you're here in person, we'll either have out in the garden uh, or in the meeting house, dependent on weather. Um, we have a influx of young new families into the church, and we have almost um my word, we have uh, almost a baptism or multiple baptisms every summer Sunday in the summer. And so we want the whole church family to be together for that. And as people begin to visit our church, uh, most often in August and September, instead of having two services that split our congregation, we want them to see one service that uh, uh, comprises our entire church family. So uh, in terms of podcast and um Uh, The virtual service, that will be normal, but if you're in town uh, on a Sunday, we'd love to have you join us for that uh, 9 o'clock service. So this morning we're going to be focusing on this 23rd Psalm, which happens to be our memory verse for June, and uh, to get us prepared for that, Hans Taschen is going to sing for us Lead Kindly Light.
1: Oh. Uh-huh. What? and fan, or crag and tall.
0: So church family, as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the 23rd Psalm, a beloved psalm that I know many of you do in fact know by heart. Uh, We read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake, and even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for the people of God. So... As I mentioned, this is Celebration Sunday. It's also Confirmation Sunday, uh, where our confirmands will be joining the church. And we actually have four of them that will be baptized, uh, which will be kind of exciting for us. But I wanted you to know that when we begin confirmation, we begin with a confirmation quiz, Uh, 12 questions. It's a quiz that can be fairly easily passed if a child or a family has made church school a regular part of their lives. Our amazing church school teachers cover most of what's on the confirmation quiz. So... Our eighth graders take this quiz, and they take it the very first night of confirmation. And the average grade, you ask, well, they get somewhere between a 15 and 20%. So a miserable fail, if you will. Uh, Over the years, when parents have talked to me about the demands of our confirmation program, which are extensive, I've often thought, I haven't always said, but I've often thought if, if one of our kids were miserably failing an essential class in school, there would be no sports. There would be no social life. There would be no conflicts, no nothing. It would be nonstop extra help until that grade was raised. So almost every conferman starts with this failing grade, but we tell them that over the course of the year, they're going to learn every answer to every question and they will get a hundred on their final exam, which is the exact same exam as that first quiz. And that's what's happened again for each one of our students this year. They have really, truly learned. Now, over the years, some of our kids, a bit anxious about this final exam, have asked the question Can we fail confirmation? Can we fail? And you know, that's it, it, probably a good question for us to reflect on, uh, all of us. You know, can we fail in matters of faith? Can we fail ourselves in the Lord? In regard to the test that the confirmands are going to take, the answer is always the same. We say, Don't worry, don't worry, just do the work, show up, pay attention, you'll be just fine. A- and that's true. However, I think the question stands: Is it possible to fail this whole exercise? You know, I'll tell you when I think uh, most about that question, and, and I'm going to be brutally and biblically honest. When I am asked to do a funeral for someone who's not a church member, who never participated with any regularity in a community of faith, and whose family tells me uh, at time of death that that faith wasn't really a part of the deceased life, um, honestly. Those are services that are really difficult for me. Uh, they're challenging to perform. I, I, always, I always speak the promises of our faith, uh, a resurrection and eternal life. And yet, and, and I do, I tell the grieving family that I believe those promises are offered to their de- departed. But honestly, I don't know. I do trust that God's love for us is greater than our lack of devotion to God. But, but I don't know. The Bible's not particularly charitable with people who have an opportunity to choose faith and don't, or who have an opportunity to do good and don't. One of the lessons we teach in confirmation, though, is the Peter principle. We read this story of the disciple Peter. We read numerous stories, actually, where he seems, Peter seems to succeed in matters of faith only to utterly fail. This happens multiple times in the Gospels, uh, but most notably uh, we read the story when Peter denied ever knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, you could argue, uh, if you look at the stories of Peter in the Gospels, that, that he totally failed his initial quiz and his confirmation final. But then we read the story of Jesus after his crucifixion in the 21st uh, chapter of John. So he's he's been crucified, he's been raised from the dead, and he appears on the banks of the Sea of Galilee while his disciples are out fishing once the disciples realize that their resurrected Lord is calling to them, and I love this, Peter jumps into the water and swims to Jesus as fast as he can. I mean, totally failed Peter. Couldn't couldn't even wait for the boat to get to shore. He was so anxious to be in the presence of Jesus. Now, the point of the Peter principle is that if Jesus could forgive Peter, then you know what? Jesus can forgive us. That is something we can really trust. However, The truth is, Peter could have failed. We can all fail. There is a way to bomb in matters of faith. Now, the way to fail in faith, the only way, I think, to fail in matters of faith is to quit, to give up, to cease in our efforts to swim to the Lord, if you will. Uh, Our Confermans have done really well this year. They've worked hard. They've aced the final exam. Uh, uh, Their statements of faith are quite good. However, failure is still possible you know if this is their last day of faith if they don't show up after confirmation sunday or if they prayed their last prayer in confirmation or if they don't give another thought to the lord or about how they can serve others honestly that will be failure it is possible to fail in matters of faith it is but but you don't fail and this is important you don't fail by giving the wrong answer or doing the wrong thing no the disciples are evidence of that peter denying knowing jesus judas Turning Jesus into the authorities, uh, all the disciples running away from Jesus when Jesus needed them most. In fact, one could argue Jesus failed to identify qualified applicants for his discipleship program. Each disciple had a moment when their faith and their acts failed them and Jesus. But other than Judas, none of them quit. They didn't give up. They persevered. And this is significant. Jesus didn't quit on them either, even when the disciples seemed utterly hopeless. You see, with Jesus, if you don't quit, you never fail. With Jesus, uh, an end of year participation award is all that's needing. You know, like we say, like we say to the confirmants, don't worry, just do the work, just show up, just pay attention, and you will be fine. You do not need to be perfect. You just need to be present. Jesus does give A's for effort that count. Now, I want to confess that I think I failed this year, or faltered, perhaps, uh, as did many of us. I know that some of you never really got on board with our proposed study plan for the year, but for those of you that did, I think I let you down. We had this great idea, and legitimately great idea. We had 10 scriptures that we were going to encourage everyone to memorize. I, I don't know if you remember that or not, but, but the key scriptures that everyone should know by heart. A text that we would all benefit from having inside of us uh, to to draw on at a moment's notice. We know from Scripture that that Jesus memorized texts, uh, Psalms in particular, and, and if it was good for Jesus, the rationale is should be good for us. However, what started as a really good idea didn't get put into practice as we originally intended. Honestly. W- we didn't have much of a strategic plan for learning other than putting the scriptures in that study guide with Stephanie Joyce's beautiful artwork and using the scripture as our call to worship. So uh, the failure there, that's, that's on me. That's my bad. And I know if we took a quiz right now on those 10 scriptures we said sh- we should memorize, I'm going to bet our conferman's initial quiz results would look a tad more impressive. My bet is most of us would fail, at, at, least, at least on paper. But here's the thing. To fail on paper is not to fail in faith. Not according to the Bible, not according to Jesus. We only fail in our effort to get scripture inside of us if we quit, if we give up, if or if we simply refuse to make an effort in the first place. When, when Jesus was on the cross, and some of the confirmands will mention this in their statements of faith that they read on this day. When Jesus was on the cross, his body was broken, his life was quite literally draining out of him, Jesus recited a portion of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Throughout Jesus's life, particularly in times of trial and testing, what we read is that Jesus relied on scripture that he knew by heart to sustain him. And on the cross, when all seemed lost, Jesus didn't quit. He didn't give up. He kept on praying and leaning upon the words of God. Now, okay, it doesn't say so in the Bible, but I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet that right after Psalm 22, Jesus probably went on to whisper to himself and pray to God Psalm 23, our memory verse. I mean, just think about it for a moment. Think about Jesus reciting these words while he is on the cross. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare, and listen to this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Really interesting line to uh, recite there while on the cross. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness of mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, think of saying or praying or, or reflecting on the truth of, of verse 5 that I just highlighted there uh, when you're aching and breaking. Uh, you prepare, Lord. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. I mean, that, that's, that's truth. That's life, right? Right? Enemies abound, hardship happens, pandemics rage, uh, classes are failed, relationships break, jobs are lost, people we love die. That all happens. But that single verse that Jesus likely prayed while the Roman centurion surrounded him and watched him from the foot of the cross, that reminds us of the truth that hardship and peril can encircle us, but God still provides for us and God will prevail which allows us to recognize, even in our darkest and most desperate of moments, that life is fundamentally good. Our cup really does overflow. We shall not want, not now, not ever. So when it comes to our comprom- confirmants, I don't want them to give up, no matter their questions nor doubts. Uh, I, I don't want them to quit. You know, They showed up, they made a really good effort, they're on a good track. And, and when they get off track, as any of us do, uh, you know, they just sh- shake it off, swim back to Jesus, begin again. Simple. So here's the thing for all of us. We do not need to be perfect in matters of faith. We just need to be present. You know, and a, as a church family, we're going to do the same thing. It, it is time to get some scripture inside of us, and we've decided to try again. We're going to repeat these same memory verses each month next year, and we will work more strategically and more deliberately to memorize those texts so that we can call them to mind in times of prayer, in times of need, and in times when we're simply just at a loss for words. See, every Christian who has come before us has proven, as have we, that we can falter in faith. But to falter is not to fail. For the Lord is our shepherd. As long as we continue to follow, Jesus will lead. And we will not be left wanting. Not in this life, nor in the life that is to come. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, there are times when we don't have words of our own to share with you. There are times when we don't have words for others. Uh, And so uh, we want to bend our minds, our hearts, our will to your word. I want to memorize it, to get it inside of us so that when we falter, your word is there on our minds and in our hearts. Uh, Lord God, uh, we look at the Gospels and we realize that uh, there are many times when we will falter in faith, but we don't need to fail. The only way we fail, Lord, is to quit you, and, and thankfully, you've chosen not to quit us. So with your encouragement, we will continue on. We thank you for that gift in Jesus' name. Amen. So, church family, as you go forward into this coming week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website www.godsacre.org or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.